Hello, and welcome to Good Film Hunting, the podcast where two sisters living in different parts of the country talk about their favorite childhood movies um, with dear friends. So I'm going to pass it over to Eleanor, who will introduce our guest. So our guest today is a repeat guest who guest-guested on <laughs> a previous episode when we talked about heavyweights. It was kind of like an ambush guest, so today she gets her fully-fledged episode. And it's very fitting because Kelsey Moore is Kelsey Moore, soon-to-be Johnson, switching those common names. Um <laughs> <laughs> He's an expert on all things Prince-I, which, <laughs> which is how I've determined that we pluralize princess. I don't know if expert is quite the word, but yes, I have dabbled in princesses, Prince-I, quite a bit. Prince-I. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your background, what you do, what you're interested in, your life ambitions and dreams. Yeah, right. So I graduated alongside Eleanor in, at, from USC's uh, Cinema Media Studies which we talked about last time, so I can wrap that part up real quick. But what we didn't talk about last time is that I was actually at one point, and still am, um, involved in a sort of grassroots organization called the Guardian Princess Alliance. Mm. And we've actually um, created and published seven princess stories that sort of show a new empowered sort of feminist reading of the princess and these princesses are like basically female captain planets and they save different parts of the world and they're diverse in their cultures and backgrounds and so that's where my prince eye expertise come from <laughs> for sure for sure and today you picked the movie swan princess so why why did you choose swan princess and do you think the swan princess would be a member of the Guardian Princess Alliance. Why or why not? I chose this one princess because for whatever reason, I was obsessed with this film as a child. Like, so much so that I wore Odette's necklace. Um, and your and grandmother then, still has the sheets. <laughs> and then my grandmother bought me Swan Princess sheets for like my bed, her home when I would stay the night over there. So I'm very attached to it um, for whatever reason. And I think that mm, I think that the sort of child version of Odette would be a guardian princess. I would say because I feel like she starts out very strong and she sort does. of in her own mind. And remember in, um, when they finally kind of fall in love, and then he's like, "Well, you're beautiful," and she's like, "Okay, but what else?" And he can't answer the question. Um, but then she ends up just kind of falling for him anyway. But. Even though she doesn't really understand what he offers her. Exactly. Which is my eternal struggle. (laughs) Okay, Elder, you're cutting real deep, but we did forget to do our favorite moment of pop culture. I wanted to introduce the film, Annie. I know. There's a method to the madness. And I'm excited (laughs) about your enthusiasm, but pop culture. (laughs) Who wants to go first? Okay. I have one that is royal related. Um, I'm currently listening to the audiobook Prince Charles by Sally Bedell Smith. Sure. I am learning <laughs> so many things. I'm really appreciating it. It's also reaffirming, and this is an unpopular opinion, but it's reaffirming my distaste and distrust of Princess Diana and Princess Diana fever. Um, 
Whoa. I don't think it's worthwhile. And it's interesting, though. I'm okay. So, oh wait, one many, second. Many things about Charles. I'm going to continue talking. I'm learning many things about Charles, Mm -hmm. including the fact that he went vegetarian for a period of time. He's really into Eastern religions. Interesting. He really likes old things. And so part of the, you could see their marriage breakdown was she would wear really new and stylish clothes. And then they'd be like, oh, you're a dowdy looking professor. And he'd be like, no, this is a perfectly tailored suit. It's old, but it should be preserved. Um, it's just fascinating. And up until their marriage, he was the most popular member of the royal family, and now he's like the least popular member of the royal family. So it's interesting to kind of consider the. But anyway, audiobooks. Audiobooks are like a new thing for me, and I'm enjoying them more than I would have thought. Okay. moment of the week. Kelsey? Oh, it's me. Okay. <laughs> Everything's always about Annie. Always. Um, okay. So, my favorite thing I actually have right next to me, I purchased um, wireless headphones off of Amazon, and I, like, struggle to spend money on things that I think are frivolous, like headphones, especially when you get get them for free with your iPhone, but, like, earbuds have just been really making me angry, and I use my headphones every single day because I walk to work, and I was finally like, you know what, I'm fed up, I'm just gonna buy myself some headphones, and they're awesome, they're my new favorite thing, because, so, they're wireless, and they, like, go over my, like, look at how cool I look, number one, but there's this song by Rihanna called Desperado, which I think this is the third time I've spoken about it on our podcast, but it really makes me feel like a badass, and I have these cool headphones on, no one else can hear it, because I have noise-canceling headphones, and I just walk down the street, and I'm like, yeah, I'm so cool. You are so cool. Yes. Affirmed. <laughs> wireless headphones. Kelsey, how can you follow the prince in wireless headphones? Well, I just saw Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and I have to say I absolutely loved it, particularly Baby Groot, as one does. Um, He's so cute. But also just the story was really, I thought it was much more developed than the first one, which was like a pleasant surprise. Um, So I'd highly recommend it. But also the Wonder Woman trailer just came out, the, the final one. And that movie's coming out June 2nd, so I'm really excited about that. And also, Haim just released a new single for the first time in, like, four years, so. Whoa. It's been a big week for Haim the band. Haim the band. The sisters who are Biffles with T-Swift. Yes. I saw them live because they opened for T-Swift when I saw T-Swift. And were they awesome? Yeah, well, it was really confusing because... My friend and I, I remember we were projecting and guessing which ones were like oldest, middle, and youngest. And then when we Wikipedia'd it, we were totally wrong. So their personalities really threw me for a loop, or their stage presences right. threw me for a loop. Fun. Fun. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about Swan Princess. Kelsey, can you give <laughs> us a synopsis? Sure. So we start with Odette. Well, actually, do you remember the um, 
the beginning, is that where we meet Rothbard? The villain. We start yeah. with the villain, which is odd, right? For It's 94, 1994. Yes, it is. Um, but this guy, Rothbart, wants to take over the kingdom, and he is, like, consistently unsuccessful. And so, eventually, he, he disappears. Um, I'm not sure why. He just kind of vanishes for a bit. And then you watch these two sort of heirs to different different thrones grow up. Odette and what's his name? I forget. Obviously, it was a very memorable movie to me. Prince Derek. <laughs> Annie and I started watching it. Um, Derek. Yes, that's right. Um, you see them grow up as children, and at first they really don't like each other, and she just wants to be part of, like, the boys' club, and they won't let her, and, um, she's too much of a tomboy for him, but then she magically grows up into this beautiful princess, and he's just taken aback and wants to marry her immediately, and, um, and, like, what, why would you want to marry me, basically, and, He's like, well, you're beautiful. And she's like, okay, but what else? Um, and then Rothbart shows back up and <laughs> changes her into a swan. Because, <laughs> as one does. Some, <laughs> she's got some animal friends, as all princesses do. Um, and basically, she has to, like, save the day. Which she does. So, like, so it's empowering in the sense that she's saving her. She saves him, yes. Um, from marrying the wrong woman, though, which is interesting, because remember, if he, if he marries the, um, like, his sidekick that he transforms yeah. into basically her doppelganger, then she will forever be a swan. So she's saving herself, but also it has to be through, like, true love and marriage, which is interesting. It's also interesting to see how similar, in a way, that plotline is to Little Mermaid. Yeah. Because... Mm-hmm. Again, there's, like, an evil person, this idea of transformation. And, again, like, you save yourself by stopping the man from, like, inadvertently making the wrong choice. Right. Right. And the, and the wrong choice is not marrying you, you know? Mm-hmm. Princess and the Frog, arguably, is similar. I feel like any sort of animal or, like you said, transformation-type story, that's always the end goal is... Either, you know, making the prince fall in love with you or rescuing him from someone else, the the grips of another woman or anything like that. It's a very interesting kind of thread throughout princess, princess folklore, for well, sure. Because we have this idea that the hero's journey is continuous throughout arguably beyond Western mm-hmm. culture in history and like the 10 cycles but when I think about it it's really never been framed it's always been gendered and it's like one of those concepts that's gendered without it ever being like acknowledged or spoken that Odette really didn't have it there was nothing else for her to accomplish Mm -hmm. like in the world that she inhabited Mm -hmm. what else would she have done I mean which is why something like Moana is so interesting and cool because she's allowed she's it takes place in a world where the world has been created such that she can accomplish and go through this transformation for the good of the community and of herself and not for the idea of joining in marriage. Of, like, bagging a man and, like, 
being set that way. Yeah, no, I mean, it's interesting that you guys bring that up because when I think of, you know, movies from our childhood from, like, the 90s who that have, like, strong female characters, I would say this is one of them, um, which is maybe kind of sad that, like, even this strong character that we see is maybe not as strong or as self-possessed as I, as a child, would have thought. But, like, someone like her and then, um, like, Anastasia and Anastasia... Like, right. she does save herself, as does Odette, but it's still kind of this... But, like, she also gets Dimitri at the end, right. and that's the penultimate moment. Right, is, like, the kiss and the love story. You know, the same singing voice of Anastasia is the singing voice of Odette. Whoa! Between <laughs> the two films... But what's interesting about Anastasia is that her journey is for a family, not for a man. Yes. That's what she gets at the end, but her her ultimate goal didn't start off that way. But Which, does like, Odette's goal start off as getting Derek? I would say no, because she does say no, what? right? What isn't her? Isn't the goal of hers just to save him? Because like, that's well, like yeah, I'm saying, I'm saying, once her journey, like the hero's journey starts, yeah, that's her goal. So because you know her, she <laughs> that was very loud. <laughs> she doesn't do anything until she become like is turned into a swan, and then that's that's all she can do. Right. But whatever, for her in this world, you know, there's there's nothing. Which makes me really sad now thinking about it that way. But it is kind of... But the music's so great. (laughs) That's one of the things, like, and Annie and I have grappled with this offline, and I think previously on the podcast as well, is we have, particularly, like, you know, as a fellow lover of MGM musicals, Mm -hmm. you... I would never want to imagine a world in which I, like, have kids, particularly daughters, and I don't expose them to that, but then also, like... They're kind of toxic, and I wonder, like, how internalized I've actually... Yeah. Like, this... Yes. Like, this idea... And, I mean, again, I think... and I'm thinking about this right now in terms of, like, people my own age. I feel like we were kind of all given this narrative as we're talking about that, like, the end is when you get the guy. So, I feel like there are a lot of people our age who are, like on this, you know, kind of racetrack of life or whatever. Like, you get the guy and then yay! And it's like, no, it's like there's so much more. That's like a, that's like part of who you are, but that's not your whole journey. Like, even just as, as human beings. Or, or even the fact that the journey does, should not end there. I feel right. like there is the idea that, like, once you've, and this is part of the problem that we find in films like, like Swan Princess, like the MGM musicals, like a lot of the princess films is that there's, you never see anything beyond the initial coming together. Mm-hmm. And I think for so long, girls were not formed with the idea that, like, oh, like, you should find someone who, like, life continues with, and, like, you continue to grow, you continue to do things. That's why some one of the strongest movies, I think, for, and this is granted, not, neither animated nor a princess film, but if we think about The Mummy and The Mummy Returns, is that, like, it is, what's cool about that movie is that you see a couple, what is it, like, seven or eight years later, um, um, you see a couple seven or eight years later, and they, they, like, are fun together, 
and they've helped each other grow, and their their lives have continued. Both of their careers have continued. Right. Okay. But question for you then, Kelsey, because I mean, I think that we see that in the Mummy Returns because of the second movie. And looking this up, looking this one princess up on IMDb today, there are apparently like a plethora of sequels yes. to the original they, Swan Princess. I, I remember watching the second one. But what I found interesting, actually, when I was looking it up earlier, too, Annie, is that they've continued these stories yes. focusing now on their daughter. Oh. Which, right. So the they have a child. I forget her name, but they're different. It's sort of watching her go on her adventures, and the animation has changed every couple of films. They've dappled in, like, 3D. <laughs> I mean, it's like... You know, it, it seems interesting, and I haven't watched them, so I can't speak about them. But I'm going to guess that if we are now just hearing about them, they weren't very great. Well, I think it's, like, similar to, like, <laughs> right. Land Before Time. And then, mm-hmm. Whereas even if this is, like, a weirdly little-known fact, but Little Rascal still has, like, sequels, live-action sequels oh, totally. made and released, like, in 2015. I remember doing a project on it and then, like, watching it. I was like, these are awful. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, like, shooting off of that, though, I think the one sort of franchise, if you will, that's doing it right is Tangled. Because if you guys heard of the new Disney Channel uh, movie that came out, and then they have a new animated series. No. All based on Tangled. Okay, so what's interesting about the movie, I think it's called Tangled Ever After, is that she... um, We kind of follow up with where they left off, but she's deciding if marriage is for her. Which is really interesting for like Disney of all people to like kind of dapple in that type of storyline was really fascinating and I'm very excited to kind of see how it actually is. But so then the Tangled series is just kind of you know the general sort of adventures, just like you know Little Mermaid had random adventures. <laughs> like who knows when they were supposed to happen? But you know the timelines don't make it sense. It's fine. But the movie is a really interesting concept of she's deciding if she wants this sort of all that comes with it and uh, because she's been marrying yeah captured in this sense right. for so long so like yeah when she finally gets her freedom what do you do with mm-hmm. it exactly ah, intriguing yeah. so we'll see a few weeks ago also true story today i thought of you at lunch because one of my coworkers was talking about how she got in trouble recently at her <laughs> child's daycare because her daughter maddie an episode over the weekend in which, like, she's like, yeah, this, like, princess meets up with Ariel, and then they, like, grow seaweed, and so then, I guess, Maddie went into daycare and was like, everyone, I'm gonna grow weed for you. (laughs) 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 And I thought of it, because I was like, it's probably Sophie the first, because she's taught all about the ways of being a princess from existent Little Mermaid, like, existent Disney princesses. And I know that because you presented on it I in grad did. school. That's so <laughs> funny. And we a very popular conference among these. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, no, I mean, that's number yeah, one. No, hilarious. I mean, but also, I mean, I think, also, I mean it, I'm getting it, an echo I'm of myself. Yes. Good. Okay. Everyone hears Anne all the time. Um... <laughs> But I, I think that that story in kind of a scary way shows me still how much kind of, like, power these movies have. That these little girls are, like, seeing these princesses. Yeah, seeing what they do. 
hearing what they say and being like, yes. And what kind of is scary is like you think, what is funny? <laughs> okay, you guys are like laughing at me. Well, and Aaron, it went out, so it was like, it gone, like so it would be like, and then the little <laughs> But like, okay, so like with the Little Mermaid, you have this girl just singing about how she wants more, and I get that that song is about more than just like being selfish and wanting more things. But on that some song level, Allie Van Buren standing up in front of her middle school and singing. That was beautiful. It was. We need to do the Little Mermaid with Allie Vance Baker. We yes. should make a note. Well, so also, to, so my school, the school I teach at, is doing the Little Mermaid Junior Musical on Friday. And so all of the sixth grade boys who I taught last year today, they're like, they were dressed up as sailors and it was adorable. And Owen, he's a hilarious child and he knows about our podcast he hasn't listened but he knows about it he was like oh my gosh have you guys done the little mermaid yet and i was like no Owen, we haven't he's like i want to do it i have to do it i'm in the little mermaid and i was like dude if you get your parents to sign off on something sure <laughs> yeah. you need like written consent to make that happen yes i am not leaving my apartment because of child Late lack of child protection. <laughs> right, right. But just know that there's interest among the ICSJ student population. <laughs> but anyway, so like, if we think back to that song, I mean, it is this girl being rather selfish and, and again, like wanting more for herself or whatever, but it also involves like a man and that's the only way out of it okay i'm going to push you on this point so is then the idea something for yourself inherently selfish because then like that could be applied a lot more broadly it could be applied to the idea of like rights or feminism or the idea that like i want more in my life like, what is the role, then, of the individual as, like, emblematic of society? Okay, that's an interesting point, but I want to get back to Swan Princess. We're going to save that discussion <laughs> for Little Mermaid. <laughs> we'll bring that one up with Owen. His sixth grade self will love that question. Um, Perfect. But anyway, so... Okay, back to Swan Princess. Let's talk for a second before we wrap up about the... <laughs> okay, Eleanor, I feel like, is making fun of me just, like, all the time. It's fine. I see them as facial expressions. Um, like, right there. Oh, my gosh. I had a child roll his eyes at me today. It was bad. It got real bad. I, like, slapped a table. I was so upset. Anyway. <laughs> um, Okay, I'm going to inter interject here for a second. One of the things I think I miss most about teaching is that I was able to be, like, much more upfront with, like, my emotions and feelings than I am in real life. Because in my office, like, there are times where I'd like to, like, slam on a table and be like, no, that's inappropriate. But, like, you can't do that to a fellow adult. Right. But, like, it's expected that you do it to children because that teaches them behavioral norms. Like, applications. Yeah. Yes. No, sometimes it's good. Today, it felt like it was very righteous anger, so I felt really good at it. And then it ended with me, like, staring this kid in the face and being like, you're a good kid. I know you don't want to hear it, but you're a good kid and you need to start acting like it. <laughs> like, I wish I could say that to someone, just, like, regularly. Like, 
right now you are being a terrible person, but deep inside you are better than this. <laughs> That's basically what I told Maybe him. Maybe I will. Tomorrow I'll just turn back my worker. That should be every goal. <laughs> yeah. Um, but okay, back to Swan Princess. <laughs> Okay, back to Swan Princess. Can we talk for a second? Okay, there's two things that I really remember from being a child. Like, not from rewatching recently, but from being a child. One was the scene where they're practicing um, archery. with, And it was the first time I think I'd ever... Apple. Yes, seen the apple on the head. Um, I love this. <laughs> I know you do. And then the second part that I remember is really liking the side characters. So I think it's like a frog and a puffin. Mm-hmm. And a turtle. And a turtle, yes. There's a turtle. And frog? Yeah, I think it's all three, right? Yeah. Because the frog is French. Yes. Right? And puffin's like, like a, a commander. He thinks he's like a... He's oh, charged. yeah, in charge of the, the army. turtle's oh, like God. pretty chill. Pre-Finding Nemo chill. Oh, yeah. I wonder, it's interesting that that's the idea of turtles, like mm-hmm. in Robin Hood, too. All right. Oh, what a paper I could write. <laughs> On the next podcast, we'll discuss turtles and film. <laughs> but also, I mean, you could talk, you could do the same with frogs, because you think about, like, the princess and the frog, you once again have a foreign frog, you have Prince Naveen, who's, like, European, um, so not French, but still with an accent. The accent is Brazilian, um, and I think... But, and then also, aren't there frogs in the rescuer that are important? The rescues are, and the rescuers down under are such weird films. So strange. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so I remember the scene where they're stuck in, like, a tower thing. Like, it's the round thing, but it's filling with water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember that stressing me out. Those two times in that Definitely. You're some, you have, you guys both have such clear childhood memories of this. <laughs> what I truly remember is watching it in the library, in the River Forest Public Library, like, community center room. Like, at least the first time we saw it. Like, but, the, <laughs> but it's interesting, like, I have very clear, I have, like, a location-based memory more than anything else. But that is, that is, like, my primary remembrance of this. Like, take away from the Swan Princess? From childhood, I was like, oh, like, we watched movies at the River Forest Public Library. <laughs> Probably in the summer, because I particularly remember one summer where our air conditioning went out all the time, so we, like, essentially lived either at the Lake Theater or at the library. Also, it kind of shows how much of a dork you are, that, like, he, your main basis for this movie is, like, your library growing up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I... I'm a proud library supporter. Um, I frequent the library in Los Angeles. I frequently reached the maximum takeout of books in Boston, which was 50 books at one time. Of course you did. And I also was teaching, so it was acceptable. And I graduated Notre Dame winning the inaugural library undergraduate of prize. Course you did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just jumping off of that, though, really, one of my like most memorable scenes is Derek looking for through his library, trying to figure out what that beast, you know, how Rothbard transforms into the, is it a beast? Is it a dragon? Who really knows? But, and you see him flipping through pages and it's like very old school kind of illustrations and any library scene though, in any animated film is just, yes, 
It was even, weirdly, I'm thinking of the library in the live-action Love's Labor's Lost, the Kenneth yes. Branagh musical. Also, good. yeah, okay, sidebar, back to Prince Charles, who's endlessly fascinating. He and Kenneth so. Branagh became friends in 1983 when Kenneth Branagh was like, I'd like to pick your brain about, like, being a prince in waiting, and then they developed a deep friendship over Shakespeare. Wow. I know, I thought it was fascinating. I mean... You never know enough about <laughs> <laughs> or can we say Kenneth Branagh? Because I love Kenneth. I don't like Charles. <laughs> Sorry, Charles. Developing new appreciation. I'm Team Camilla. Team Camilla. She's not nearly as bad. She's like dumb, but she was not nearly as dumb as Princess Diana, who was like actively dumb. Okay, Eleanor. I don't think we can say that. Like, I don't want that associated Fail. with us. <laughs> she failed school. <laughs> Eleanor, dumb. you know. You are a teacher. You know that no student's dumb. Maybe school just wasn't for her. Maybe the typical British style wasn't for Princess Diana. Maybe her brain worked in a different way. How dare you? Okay, also today, sidebar, I was thinking about how I'm going to <laughs> sidebar on the sidebar. I know, and that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, we're on a sidebar. I'm really excited for my watch party for the royal wedding when it happens between Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. I'm yes. already, like, mentally planning it. It's going to be great. I don't like her. I felt this... I, here's the thing, though. I remember this about Kate Middleton, and I did not like her, and then all of a sudden they got engaged, and I was, like, on board. <laughs> I don't know what that is. It was because of the Lifetime Channel original movie. God. Okay, I'm not gonna lie to you, Kelsey. If we're gonna talk about princess things, that movie like saved my life. <laughs> Cause right before the royal wedding, like the weekend before, it was Easter and it was my junior year of college, and I was heartbroken. I was heartbroken. And I went home and was just like, oh my gosh, nobody loves me, blah, blah, blah. And I watched that movie and it like made me believe in love again. <laughs> and then we visited every site <laughs> at St. Andrews. I love it. I love it. Because they made me so believe beautiful. in love again. Okay, anyway, so we should wrap this up because we're at 30 minutes now. Probably with like about 10 about Spawn Princess. But, um. It's the right amount. <laughs> But we need to talk about the legacy. Yes. Would you recommend it to youth of today? Why or why not? That's a good question. I think I still would. I think I think it's a different type of story. I think it's fun. I think the music is phenomenal for longer than forever. Come on, we can sing that karaoke style right now if you want. <laughs> but um, I don't, gee, I don't know. Because like I said, I like how it starts and I like a lot of the things that it tries to do. And then for me, it sort of fizzles. But if I'm thinking about, you know, if I had to choose princesses to show my, let's say, daughter. Um, I don't know. I guess she might be one of them. I mean, if I have to choose from, you know, all that's out there. <laughs> True. Okay. I would also say yes, but for a different reason. Just in a sense to give someone... Con- a comparison point to a Disney princess film, Mm -hmm. even in terms of animation style, because they look demonstrably different. And I think that's important. We're talking educationally common core requires that we compare across and within genres. 
You know. Can you tell someone was working on standards alignment today? You lucky duck. Um, I actually would say yes to watching this movie. I kind of agree with you. I feel like this, um, for me, this, this movie is, it's going to be a weird comparison. It's kind of like La La Land in the sense that it kind of just like leaves you happy, even though it's maybe not like the best movie you've ever seen. Right. Like I feel like for me right now, like La La Land is that perfect example. Um, so again, like the Swan Princess, maybe it's, you know, message is kind of off base, but you like, you leave like feeling pretty good and like laughing and singing and having enjoyed yourself. And and I feel like there is definitely some merit just in that and just like pure cinematic enjoyment. So yeah. And you brought up like the film itself has great side characters, which you don't see very often in these type of animated films. Um, and not just, like, the animal friends, but, you know, the dad's really funny. The mom with her, you know, she has that, like, lowering lip when she gets upset. And that, that was a big sort of character trait. His friend, his little short friend. Yes. and the I mean, there's just a, a ton of different stuff going on, I think, that you could just have fun with. I agree. I agree. And sometimes and sing you sing your just, heart out. Yeah, sing your heart out. Just have a little fun. It's all good. Okay, so let's wrap up today. Um, where in the world would you go right now, if you could, and why? Money's no object. Okay, just because I was listening to this on my audiobook, I would go to the Closters, which is a French, a, like a Swiss ski resort that Charles really enjoyed, but Diana hated. And... I'd like to be good at skiing, so traditional travel goal. Mm. But I would say the clusters. Okay. That's so weird, but okay. You hate being cold. <laughs> I'm just going to remind you of that. It's fine. Any aspirational, totally aspirational. Okay. Kelsey. Um, I was just talking to my grandparents a bit ago, and we were reminiscing about our trip to Ireland with them and my whole family, so I would I'd definitely go back there right now if I could, and just go and have a pint with my grandpa in the local pub. Wait, Such that's a cute man. so <laughs> fun. Oh, what a great thing. Um, yeah, where do I want to go? Okay, so right now, just because I'm, like, thinking about buying flights, and I wish it would work out in my favor, New Orleans. I wish I could just, like, kind of be there and see it and know that, um, yeah, that whole thing would work out. So I think New Orleans, actually. There's so many places I want to go, though. Don't get because we're going in August. I know. I know. Okay. Anyway, thank you, <laughs> lovely listeners. We will... Here for hopefully hear from you guys soon. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, we, which we don't really use because we're really bad at technology. Yo, peace out.